I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. born ready for growing up <laughs> this is like ASMR right here so you can hear now this is always getting edited out should I whisper yeah um, you're no fun you don't edit all of the stuff that makes me fun and then you like keep all the stuff that makes me look bad nothing asshole. makes you fun <gasps> wow, that's staying in so everyone can see how mean you actually are. You work in finance. Wow. You're not supposed to be fun. <laughs> You're a credit card <laughs> processor. What the hell, dick? <laughs> Welcome to Ordinary, ordinary Takes Ordinary. You can't even talk. <laughs> that was like last time. Remember one of our last recordings that we did? You were having trouble with the English language. That was the day I was just flustered with everything. I hated life that day. Not life. <laughs> I hated... I just, yeah, I wasn't having fun that day. Was that uh, an Inslee thing or was that a... No, I think I think it was just everything that could go wrong that day went wrong that day. <laughs> One of the... I love the Stephen rant. Sometimes Stephen just has these random rants that come up. I'm going to turn off my computer screen so I don't look at it. I'll be kind, Stephen. Okay. It's not been kind to me. It's been kind to these people that tune in to listen to us. I'm sure they deserve your attention more than I do. God knows that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> What are we talking about today, Ben? Do you want to do you want to welcome everybody first? Welcome to Ordinary to Extraordinary. I am Ben Clunt, and this is my Scottish friend Stephen Brown. He did not use much in the way of hair product today. None. Okay, I was going to say, and then I have a cowlick. That going. was an accident. So we both look our uh, Monday best. It is Martin Luther King Day, so uh, there's not a whole lot going on downtown right now. Okay, today though, the topic that we will be discussing, I was thinking about this over the last couple of days, Stephen, so I shot Stephen a message saying, hey, what do you think about discussing worth and value, okay? And I'm going to expand this out a little bit with regard to worth and value in what you do for work, but then also in relationships, right? Because I think worth and value can be... Uh, I mean, you have to have worth and you have to have value in anything and everything you do if it's going to be something you're going to do for a long period of time. One thing I wanted to start this off with, Stephen, is because I don't want people to mistake it because I think from a generational standpoint, we have folks now who think that that also means that they need to be having fun. And what I want people to realize is that worth and value does not equal fun always. It doesn't mean you can't have fun when you're doing it. 
or that it's not always, or, you know, that there'll be like tough times, but I think worth and value does not equal fun. So I wanted to put that out there as a starter, a weird way to start. I know a little bit, but Mm -hmm. also just a thought I had with that, right? Anything you want to add? Yes. I think the difference between value and worth um, is worth is intrinsic. So self-worth more often than not, you have to feel worthy of what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're doing it, and you have to feel that it brings value, and value is extrinsic because you're bringing value to others and to other things and other other aspects of your life and their life. So, so say that again. You think worth is intrinsic. something you feel intrinsic, mm-hmm. right? So it's how it makes you feel, and value would be the extrinsic demonstration almost value of worth. Value is what you give or bring to other people. There you go. Podcast over. Just defined it. Done. Boom, boom, boom. Mic drop. Boom. Yeah, well, that was just the definition. Now we actually need to get into the rest of it. (laughs) Really nice job defining it. Yeah, thank you. That's how I look at it, right? So I think think worth is, you know, self-worth is something that's become very, very prominent. I think, for want of a better term, amongst millennials and quote-unquote snowflakes, um, they always want to feel worth. They want to feel like they're contributing, even when they don't have anything to contribute. Yeah, that's worthwhile. Yeah, or even when they don't have the 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 tenure or the experience mm-hmm. to be able to contribute in in a valuable way. Well, you, you kind of teed up one of my points. Actually, was that worth and value come with time? And that was one of the reasons why I'm coming back to that whole thing. It's like, it's not always going to be fun, right? It's like the worth and value that I demonstrate now in my job to my clients came with five years of killing myself to get here, right? So it's like, and that wasn't fun. There were periods of it that were fun, but it wasn't fun 100% of the time, right? I mean, sometimes you need to sacrifice a little bit up front to be able to have the worth and value that's demonstrated. And you have to believe that it will come with time that you might not feel it right in the moment. You might not feel that worth. You might not feel like you're demonstrating value to people right then and there in the moment, but it's a long-term game, right? It's a long-term plan. So you start to feel that worth and you start to see the demonstrated value. If we're going with the extrinsic side, once you've had enough time to let it work, right? Yeah. I think value is something that you can always offer. Now it comes in different ways. So it can be that you offer value as a teenager, putting your neighbor's trash out and mowing everybody's lawn. Maybe mm-hmm. you get paid for it, right? But you bring value by yeah. doing something You're that helping. most people don't want to do. Um, value in school can come from, you know, helping other students and your teachers and, and do things that, that are above and beyond, right? So I think that's the beauty of the, the and the extrinsic nature of value is that you can always bring value to the table. Um, the problem with worth and self-worth especially is that that's something that I guess you you get from adding value that you that's get what I was from contentment, say. right? And if you're not seeing value, you might not have that sense of self-worth, which yeah. could cause you to struggle. So I think they go they go hand in hand so much, but it's so many things into in today's world. We uh, we lose sight of what the words actually mean. Um, you know, I was talking this morning to somebody about how 
prejudice and discrimination often go hand in hand, but prejudice and discrimination, even though they mean similar things, are very, very different. Mm -hmm. You know, prejudice is usually based on um, experiences um, or situationally assessing something and going, this isn't good, this is a bad situation, I don't trust you, I'm going to move on from this situation or do everything I can to avoid it. Whereas discrimination is just blind and it's not situational, it's just across the board, right? So, Well, it would just be in that same example to that person, but like, that person is a bad situation. It's like, but not, you don't even know who that person is. You, mm-hmm. You've based it upon some yeah. random fact about them or some oh, yeah, random it, appearance about them. It's across them. the board. So, um, but like I said, it's worth and value have similar meanings, but they're very different in the practical English application of them. So we do this a lot. Somehow in the English language, we we redefine words by misappropriating them in certain context. So. Leave it to the Scottish man to correct us. I'm always correct. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm a bit of a grammar Nazi. I'm not allowed to say I'm a Nazi in any way now, right? I'm just a, I'm just a... I'm very. I'm a stickler for not uh, yeah. stickler for Nazis. A stickler for grammar. <laughs> grammar. Wow. <laughs> he just not. He did not say he's a stickler for Nazis. That's not what he said. Well, I am a stickler for Nazis. I don't want them anywhere near me. Well, yeah. In that regard, yes. Yeah. But so. But no. I, something I, I observed, and I, I it would be interesting to have a conversation around. And I mentioned it earlier. Worth, value, generationally, because. It seems like in what they've dubbed the greatest generation, right? I mean, those people stuck with their families and they stuck with their jobs for a really long time. And they got a sense of self-worth. It felt, you know, at least I didn't live that generation. I'm not part of that generation. But the people you talk to, it's like they had a set of values and things that like gave them worth. Where that seems to be lacking now. And people seem to have a lower self-worth. And... I think some of that comes from social media, but it's interesting to me because they lived simpler back then, I I would say, right? And it's like you worked married to the same woman for 50 plus years. You had your children. You were there for your children. You taught them to play sports. You, you know, didn't have a cell phone. You had one car. Your wife stayed home. And I know some of this now people are just like, oh, that was a terrible time. But those people had a sense of worth both the man and the woman a lot of time for the majority of people some people struggled i get that i'm not saying they didn't but what 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 has changed so much that so many people seem to be struggling with a sense of self-worth i mean when i talk to my psychologist guy that i'm seeing right he i mean him and all of his buddies are are booked especially since 2020 hit right they are booked people have lost their identity and i think a lot of people to that identity point put their worth in their identity and who the who they hold themselves out there to be and the value that they feel that their identity is bringing mm-hmm. uh in, interesting thoughts i was having when i was naked in the shower this morning about this right yeah okay just making sure <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know if we were really going to need that explicit thing in, <laughs> in our uh, podcast <laughs> description yeah i think i i agree i, I think self-worth can really you can you can find a lot of self-worth in simplification we mm-hmm. talk about this a lot that in fact i bet we ha- i know we have one that was addition by subtraction one of our podcast topics and we talked about exactly that you know what can we take away that's non-essential yeah um and essential and non-essential that's another 
de- uh, demonstration of things that have lost their, their meaning in today's society, right? Yeah. Because we essentially deemed most of, in 2020, we decided that a lot of things were non-essential and then realized actually, no, those are things that make people function. You mentioned mental health, right? And I think self-worth and mental health go hand in hand Yeah. as well. Because when you don't feel like you're, you don't feel a sense of self-worth, then you're in a negative headspace mm-hmm. and you know the way you speak to yourself so that that's well really and it's hard to demonstrate value mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't have a positive self-worth and i had a, a session with uh, the psychologist right and we were chatting about it's like where do you find value like where do you find your sense of self-worth right and it could be in making money it could be in whatever but you know mind is in for the most part it's like i see money the more money i make as the more value i'm demonstrating right there's that exchange so the more money i make the more that i feel like i'm demonstrating value to somebody and it increases my Mm -hmm. sense of self-worth right so we broke down well what does the money mean right like why is that the indication why is that the representation representation of worth to you right and you break that down a little bit and it's interesting because a lot of it comes to control with me right i want to control things like and i want to be able to do this and i want to have the freedom to do this and it's not really about the money at the end of the day but there's a cause and there's a why behind the money right and i think we've even talked about this and i always talk to clients about this is like what's the why behind the money so when we go it's like so it's all represented in one form at the end of it but what's the why well like when you dig down to it what's the root behind why you want to be this particular or what your self-worth is but what i found interesting was you know i try to control a lot of things we try to feel the sense of self-worth when at the end of the day the only thing that you can really control is what your inputs are right so you can only control how much you're going to work towards something or how much you're going to put into a relationship how much value really you're going to demonstrate to this particular situation be it your job or your relationship and take worth in that and it was interesting to me because it's like you want to try and control these things. You want to try to be something. The results might not be what you want, though your inputs are exactly what they should be. And you should take a, and have a sense of self-worth in knowing that what you've done and what your inputs are are positive, even though the person might not have seen the value. Yeah. I guess self-worth for me, when I think about it, I'm looking for, there's indicators of self-worth for me. So this is the outside looking in, right? So when, when I when I know someone's got a tremendous self sense of self-worth, you were right, I can't speak today. My, mouth's, <laughs> my tongue's too big for my mouth. Um, I think we notice things, right? So appearance, we talked about this in reputation. How are you dressing? How are you carrying yourself? Do you look shaggy and scruffy like Ben today with a cow lick in the back of his hair? Are you clean shaven? If you have a beard, is it well trimmed? Is it well maintained? Are you taking care of yourself, right? Says um, the guy with no hair product in, and I am clean shaven this today. This was purposeful, by the way. No, you said that was not purposeful. Um, once I realized that I'd forgotten the product, it was purposeful. <laughs> <laughs> You're such I thought about going home and getting it, and then I was like, no. Because I was at the gym when I showered this morning. Oh. Um, I think... Yeah, you're short enough. There's a financial element to self worth, right? Not not necessarily net worth, but how how are you doing financially? Is there a pathway for you to 
to grow. Well, not only that, but yeah. can you provide for the basic needs, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you can't provide for a healthcare event for your family or you can't put food on the table even, right, or yep. you can't afford a roof of your head, well, then, yeah, your sense of self-worth is going to struggle, yeah. right? And, and, and that's a tough spot to yeah. be in. And I don't honestly have a, a good answer for someone who's in a situation like mm-hmm. that because I've never struggled with that. I think our value but, of self-worth in this, sorry, our, our sense of self-worth comes from what we do for a living Mm -hmm. you know um i think we always strive to have the best possible job and often what we're doing in that moment is just uh, a stepping stone so we can take a degree of self-worth from that and apply it because we know that we're going somewhere or maybe you're working in your dream job maybe you're doing something you love and you're passionate about and you take an enormous sense of self-worth from that right you know what's funny though is like we put so much focus on that and so much focus on our job and where it is. And I was talking about this again. It's like, but people's values and, and their where they derive a sense of self-worth from changes over time as life happens to them. So to say that you're always going to do this or you're always going to get a sense of self-worth from this might be true, but it also might not be true. I mean, life has a way of changing people's mindsets and how they gain a sense of self-worth. I was talking with a buddy the other day and um, Pop Last night we were chatting actually, and I was like, I, I worked a lot the first five, six, seven years of being in finance. Probably you know sixty, seventy hours a week, at least four nights out of five, I was out at events or doing a happy hour or something as well. Right, a lot of my job is social. Like I was grinding, and I was tired. <laughs> now, uh, like when you have kids and you have things you want to go do and other things outside of work too it's like yeah i get a sense of self-worth from from my work and i and i love the value i demonstrate my clients but i don't know why people would work 60 70 hours a week anymore unless it's the initial stage i guess yeah. let me let me define that yeah so for the first few years i understand grinding 100 percent. i understand building something right i did it i did that what I don't understand is who people who grind and build and get there and then continue once they've built it to do 60, 70 hours a week. Like, unless, I guess, you just truly get all of your self-worth and value from that. And maybe that's maybe that's it. And those are the people who die as soon as they retire. Yeah, but <laughs> if that's the case, if you're getting your... And then this is where I don't think your identity should be what you do for a living. Yeah, I think no, that I agree. actually lowers your self-esteem and your self-worth. Over time, well, or it makes you uh, high risk, mm-hmm. yeah. for sure, for yeah. a lot of things. <laughs> so then, the converse of that, obviously, if your work life is going to dictate your self worth, obviously your personal life is as well, and that can be your partner, your friends, your colleagues, that are sorry, your your acquaintances, who you're playing golf with, who you're going for a beer with. Uh, if you're not doing those things, there's a big part of establishing worth that's yeah. probably missing, right? Um, well, well, you know, we talk about work-life balance a lot, and just in general, it seems like not. I'm not saying you and I are this, but mm-hmm. I think we do a good job of it. And it is interesting to see older generations that don't have that work-life balance as much, and then this one where it's like <laughs> they almost have more balance than work, <laughs> more life than work. Yeah, you know. And I would say again, generationally. Monday through Friday was slog, 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 and Saturday, Sunday was rest time, right? Yeah. Um, and that's obviously shifted. We have a lot more 
I mean, even 50 years ago, most businesses didn't open on Sundays, right? So n- very few people had to work on Sunday. Um, you know, Saturdays were your were your day to have fun, recreate. Chores, Sunday was yeah. Sunday was church and home. And look, I'm kind of generalising, but hey, a hundred years ago, that's the way it was. I mean, that was life. Um, there's still parts of the country. There's part, huge parts of the world actually, but parts of this country even where you can buy booze on a Sunday. Yeah. Right. So dry counties. I think we've morphed That's crazy. recently. We've morphed to twenty four seven. Do business anytime. People want things open. Well, all nobody the time. will say no to stuff anymore yeah. either. Like you think about it, like kids' sports. Like you were in this, like. They have school soccer, and then they can do club soccer, right? And then they can get a freaking coach to teach them individual one-on-one, like how to kick. It's like, for the love of God, your kid is not a soccer like prodigy. They're not going to be the next – pick a famous soccer player, Steve. I don't know any soccer players. Some famous soccer player, right? It's like you're doing these things – and you're killing yourself to do these things that are really going to have no benefit in life. And maybe they help your kid's sense of self-worth, but they're not demonstrating any real value. Unless, I guess, sense of self-worth is value. You just reminded me of something. We do this often where I, I go back to to my coaching life. And one of the things I'm, I insisted upon... So, I'll start with a story with my dad and build into this story about what I insisted upon when I was growing up as a soccer player a huge part of the the routine the pre-game routine was going out in the backyard with my dad polish and dubbing right so you would polish your boots they were leather so you would your, your cleats you call them cleats we call them boots so you'd have your brush and you'd, you'd polish them and then you would put like the clear dubbing coat on them and it was weatherproofing them right and that was that was before and after every game. So you did it after the game when you got home. Clean them up. But you did it before you went and played as well. So you, you cleaned, or you at least brushed off because they were filthy, right? Um, and I remember sharing this early on in my soccer career here in the US. And people thought it was crazy because kids show up in their, their shoes and they leave in their shoes and they wear them from the house. Once they're home, they take them off and they don't look at them again until practice. Um, and then I had the conversation with someone once they were telling me how much their kid loved soccer and they were upset that the kid had been moved down a team at tryouts and my kid loves soccer, it's, it's, it's their whole world, it's this, it's that. Um, essentially said something along the lines of when they're not doing gymnastics or basketball, soccer's all they talk about. And I'm like, okay, so you see the, the <laughs> lack of focus here and we're at a level where we need focus. This is a higher level. And I asked them, I said, who packs their bags for soccer? And they told me, well, well, I do. And I was like, so at practice the other day, they didn't have this. They, they didn't have a ball with, well, that's my fault. And I was like, no, it's never your fault. If they love the sport, they take responsibility for it. They own all of that. And for me, that gives them more of a, a feeling of coming back to self-worth. Well, it's part of loving the process yeah, too, right? Love the process. Yeah, not the result. Love the process. It was I insisted upon it where, you know, kids would show up and they wouldn't have ball or they wouldn't have something that they needed. They've got one sock or no socks or, or something, and they always would blame their parents. And I'm like, no, nah, you own this. And it was I insisted upon every team 
that I worked with directly, I'm like, you pack your bags, you do this. You're never late because your parents are late, you're late because you failed to plan. If you know that you're running thin on time, call a teammate, have them pick you up, carpool, do what you gotta do. And I I got in, initially I would get pushed back on it, but then once you got teams to embrace it, mm-hmm. parents and players now reflect back on it. To this day I'll get people thanking me for things I did then, saying that that made it worthwhile actually owning the process you know packing my own bag any t- and it gives them responsibility i think responsibility is a huge part of self-worth as well yeah so no that's an interesting point and it's it's a it's a good one because a lot of folks i think a lot you know they try to do everything for their kids too mm-hmm. it's like it's okay to let your kid fall down and fail every once in a while and learn like hey man if i want to be a part of this team and i want to play I need to have both socks. <laughs> I need to have a ball, right? It's like so to let your kid fail. I think is probably one of the best lessons that you can t- yeah. teach them. Well, to that point, we uh, a good coach is always going to show up with soccer balls to run a session, right? Yeah, because you want every kid to have a ball or at least one between two to do certain things. And I remember I showed up once and I was. 10 minutes late with good reason to be 10 minutes late um, and the kids were sitting around I was like why, why are you sitting around why you, you guys can't get moving on your own you can't get a partner nobody brought a ball and I was <laughs> fucking livid I'm talking like alright because nobody brought a ball you guys aren't going to touch a ball for the next hour and a half and I'm not a big believer in that all we did was fitness all we did was Hey, you don't you you bring a bloody ball to every practice. Guess what? Team never forgot a ball again. <laughs> Coach made us not play any soccer. No, I, just run lines. I had a bag of balls. I had a bag with fifteen soccer balls in it. They weren't they weren't touching them that day. I'm like, I expect you guys to have one as well. Did you just like put the soccer balls on the side so they could see them all they too? Didn't come just... out the bag that day. Like, I was like, I was I was so angry. I was I was angry because I was late and it wasn't my fault. I got stuck in traffic. It was Chicago traffic. Um, but then that, I was just like, yeah, no. This is not okay. You guys, you wouldn't you wouldn't show up to school without a pen or a piece of, a pen and a pa- piece of paper to write on. You wouldn't... I couldn't say that either. <laughs> Good God. You wouldn't show up to play video games without a controller. You <laughs> uh, wouldn't show up to play soccer without Steven a struggle busting with yeah. the English today. Um, anyway, the last thing, and, and I, this is kind of a list that I came up with on the fly here yeah but the last thing i think that you can get an an enormous amount of self-worth from before we go on and talk mainly values or value sorry is uh achievement i think you you should often look back on achievements and appropriate achievements right so you know you set goals maybe you hit one of those goals maybe you surpass one of those goals maybe you realize you're way ahead of something that you plan to do by a certain age. And I think by looking at your achievements and constantly yeah. re- re- evaluating and reevaluating your achievements is going to lead to self-worth. So you kind of just answered a question that I had written down. is like, what if I'm not feeling that sense of self-worth? What if I'm feeling low? Like, what are the, some of the things that I might do to have a sense of self-worth, right? Uh, and I think one of th- that is great, right? And I wrote down reflection. As something like go back and reflect on the things that you've done in the past that brought you a sense of self-worth or that brought you joy and if you can't think of anything go ask a friend 
because mm-hmm. I guess what? They're your close friends. They're going to be able to point out a handful of things that you do that they think you're really good at. Yeah. At the risk of sounding really cheesy, go do something nice for somebody. If you're not feeling good about yourself, do something for someone else. Don't do something for you. That's the easiest way to fix a, a feeling of well worthlessness. To that point, you're kind of demonstrating value or showing love, right? And I think that does bring a sense of not necessarily self-worth, the love side, but just like it just lifts you up overall. And when you're lifted, it seems like it's almost easier to identify those areas of self-worth or those things that you're good at, right? It's able to go, it's easier to go back and reflect from a positive mindset than a negative one. Here's a thought. Have you ever been walking towards a door and you see somebody, they're carrying someone and they're struggling, they're trying to open the door with a pinky yeah, foot? Yeah, yeah, And you, you're like, hey, hold on, I'll get let, that. Yeah, let me get the door for you. Yeah. Help them in. How appreciative they are. Yeah. Now, it's the simplest, most random act, but it makes them feel good. It makes you feel good. And both of you walk away from that interaction feeling better. Yeah. Now, extrapolate that out over everything you do, right? If you just have a, a sense of... A, Everything I touch, everybody I meet, everything I do, I'm going to do with the intention of leaving it better than I found it. And so you're asking, you're going to my next one. So you're t- kind of team. I was like, so how do I change, right? If I'm I struggling, can't read upside down. By I know. If, if if it's like if I'm struggling with a sense of self worth, right, uh, and I'm feeling low in life, the next one was basically how do I change? And we've kind of answered some of them, but I think to your point like doing positive things that bring other people value is going to allow you to go and really build that sense of self-worth and talking i mean i can't stress it enough i know we just kind of went right past it but like going and asking people what you're good at right that's a humble thing to have to do that humbles you i'd say to go ask your friends like you know like hey you know i'm trying to be better i'm struggling a little bit having the motivation or feeling any sense of self-worth today like Help me identify a few things that you think I'm good at. Like, and this sounds stupid, I know, but it's like Steven and I have done this for each other too, honestly. Like, I know you've done it for me and I've done it for you, and I can name those times, but I'm not going to on a podcast, that we've done it. And it's not necessarily that we always need to ask that question directly to the friend, like, but the friend will just tell you a lot of the time, right? Like, your friends know <laughs> when you're having a day or when you're not. Mm-hmm. Like, they know if they're around you, right? I mean, if I'm struggling, I've seen a couple friends that are like, dude, you okay? Like, you are not yourself today. Like, I'm just tired. Like, it's, or or whatever. Or, you know, this happened with a client. Or my son was being a pain in the tuchus this morning. So. What's the tuchus? Your hind hind end. Yeah. Never heard that one. You've never heard tuchus? Nope. You've never heard the pain in the tuchus? Nope. Seriously? That's a special new one. Oh, okay. But. Yes. So there's that. Go ask somebody. Mm-hmm. Go back and reflect. Go do something kind for somebody. We all have had achievements in life. Go look at those achievements and build from them. Take whatever it is, as small as it might be, and water it. Yeah. So this is kind of related, but not really. I wanted to share, and it, it made me feel good. Um, I was talking to Jake, your colleague, the other day, mm-hmm. before the rest of you all showed up because we were having a beer the other day oh yeah yeah and he goes you know i'd never listened to you and ben's podcast no i was here for that and well this is before you got there he said i couldn't he's like i couldn't sleep every now and again i go through these spells he's like so i usually 
listen to a podcast or this or that and he's like and I remembered at our men's group you'd mentioned that you and Ben had talked about this topic and it was something that was and he's like so I listened to two episodes he's like after one episode I was like this is good and then I was like I remembered you talked about one where you, you discussed the merits of competition and he's like and I knew it would fall on your side of it but I wanted to listen so he listened and he goes I want it he's like you think about things really deeply he's like and you do it really quickly and that made me feel a lot of self-worth because it was a compliment that was completely unsolicited. He was telling me a story about not being able to sleep and that he enjoyed what we talked about and he was probably going to listen to some more episodes. Cool. And yeah, so sometimes self-worth can be found in places you're not expecting it or even planning on getting it. Yeah, well, sometimes those are the best. Mm -hmm. A lot of times those are the best, right? When it's an unsolicited compliment or just something that comes out of nowhere, it's like when you're just feeling okay or good as it is and then all of a sudden you someone just dumps a little more diesel on that fire but a positive fire it's a nice burning fire feels real good okay value he didn't say you didn't think i know see steven was trying to like do a dig he was trying to compliment himself both just i think he just appreciated my take on those two things (laughs) do you remember what my response was when you guys said that when he said that you were like, yeah, because you're the same fucking person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you guys were like, yeah, our, most of our men's group thought that. And I'm like, yeah, wonder why. We have a lot of similarities. Yeah, we you guys are all like, too. yeah, we all like to go to the gym. We all like to talk about our feelings together. And then that's it. Why are you trying to piss all over myself worth right now, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dick. Because you attacked mine. I didn't hop. Okay, we'll keep going to value and right. see if we can demonstrate any value with this episode. <laughs> hey, you, you, this is your topic. We're running with it. So you talk to me about value. What What do you I think we've been value? talking about value the whole time already, to be honest. I mean, I think there's a lot more overlap between self-worth and value. But I, I liked how you... How you uh, you know, intrinsic versus extrinsic value being extrinsic, like because I would say value is kind of like the end result, is mm-hmm. what I was thinking, right? It's the, it's what's demonstrated, if you will, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. So it doesn't really matter what it is that you do. There can be value in anything, right? I mean, there's value in kissing your wife goodnight, right? There's value in. in I don't want to kiss your wife goodnight. There's no value in that. <laughs> it wouldn't be your wife then. It would be my wife. I'm just trying to be a smartass. You are a smartass. You don't need to try. You are a smartass. Your wife brought value to my life the other day, though. I know. I saw the long... She showed me the freaking message. She sent me a novel. Yeah, Um, I know. (laughs) So I've still got a reply to her again. That's what she said. (laughs) Yeah, so she... uh, Ben's wife sent me a podcast. Steven and my wife are both intellectuals. Um, Then there's simple Ben over here. (laughs) So she sent me a podcast, and it was... uh, very interesting, I'll say. It was a different take on the Stanford Prison Experiment, and they kept saying debunking the Stanford Prison Experiment, which I don't understand in and of itself because it's a social science, right? And social sciences are subjective, and you're essentially trying to look at human behavior and replicate certain things that have happened in human behavior. But anyway, this was uh, the podcast, I think, what's it called? You're, you're wrong about, or you might be wrong about. Or something. Yeah, something like that. But I don't know that I've ever listened to or been subjected to two more uh, glib or condescending <laughs> <She did> people <laughs> in my life. She did say, she's like, oh man, they are. <laughs> yeah. Stephen's right about that. But. 
So, and I, I'm all about coming at something and trying to debunk it, but you have to do it with an open mind. Anyway, this, I want to get to the, so I, I responded to her and I said, <laughs> that both delighted me <laughs> yeah, and infuriated <laughs> me because the, I don't know what it is about these two people, but the, the same arguments they're trying to use to dispel something or debunk something can be used to prove it. And it just blew my mind. And to your point, I think it was just <laughs> a, on an intellectual level, I was like, oh, I didn't know Lauren was into this kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. So I wrote a message back to her and then she wrote me an even longer response. <laughs> she wrote response you a dissertation. Back. I saw hers. So I, was, I had to respond quick because I was walking into something. I was like, I'll respond to this when I have time. And there was football on all weekend. So I was kind of disengaged. <laughs> But I've still got a long message yeah. to send. She back was to explaining her. to me some of the other ones that she's listened to yeah. with that, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, from what you're telling me, like this does sound like some of the inputs, right? I'm like, well, yeah, if you change the variables to an experiment, then yeah, the outcome will change, yeah, right. So it's like these guys were messing with the variables and the inputs. They're like, yeah, we put a car in. Uh, yeah, did you listen to that one? One was in Palo Alto. Yeah, one's in Palo Alto, and one. Oh, was it? Okay, one was in Brooklyn, and one or one was in. Um, Harlem and one was in Palo Alto. Yeah. And so then they were talking about how which one got broken into. And then what was the thing that he changed? He brought it onto the Stanford campus, I think, is what he did. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, well, nobody beat it up in Palo Alto. So then they took it on the Stanford campus and he took a bat to it and other kids started joining in. It's like, he's like, so people, it's like, well, yeah, if you start hitting a car with a bat, like, you can't change those so inputs and those variables. Just, and we're say way that off on a tangent. Yeah, and yeah, we're no, going to come back in a second, but. <laughs> Maybe some value will come out of this. This guy was fixated with trying to figure out if all the Germans were evil or if they became Nazis because it was kind of forced upon them. Yeah. Now, human nature will say one of two things, right, depending on what your outlook on life is. So he tried to continuously create these behavioral exercises and behavioral experiments to try and figure out... Stanford yeah. prison experiment being one of them, the two cars yeah. in different locations like, being another. What's that, uh, nature-nurture um, type thing? Yeah, nature-nurture. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I think my biggest issue with the hosts of this podcast are that, and this is, might be a term you're familiar with, might not be, their ideology is rooted in postmodernism, which I just find disgusting at best, um, and I can't warm to it. And what it is is basically anything that isn't, current thinking and current um methodology is crap and it's like nah you can't do that like we're still going back to freudian psychosexual stages and other things that are still so applicable today although i'm more um i'm i'm not a big fan of freud in general because i think what he's done is he's created this pathway for everybody to uh, look at me i'm friggin' pontificating here um he's created this pathway for nowadays everybody whenever they do something bad they point to their past and say oh well that's only because this happened in my my past and i'm i'm messed up because dad said this one time or mum did this one and anyway there's, I digress. A, there's a john f kennedy quote that i saw this morning i almost snapped it and sent it to the the guys group and um I can't remember the first portion of it, but it was the latter portion that was more like, more like, God, yes. It's like, we need to stop blaming the past for what's happened and take ownership of the future, essentially. My summary of it, that's not his words, nothing verbatim there. And it was like, I feel like that's true, right? It's like, because if you just let let the past afflict you (laughs) and hamper you and let it 
demean your self-worth mm-hmm. instead of taking control of the future and trying to build a new and better then well yeah i mean you're going to always struggle if you're always looking back at what didn't go right and trying to make retributions for what didn't go right you'll never be able to advance forward and have a positive sense of self-worth or demonstrate any value going forward mm-hmm. i agree but um, okay sorry but- your wife We're back added on topic. enormous value to my life by showing interest in something that I'd mentioned on this podcast. Yeah, so she and listened. she tried to give me another perspective. Which she'll do that. I was very, very pleased that she did. <laughs> um, so, we were talking about value now a little bit. And like I said, I think we've been talking about value throughout this whole thing because mm-hmm. in my mind it is the end result of, you know, having a positive self-worth and what comes out of that. It's all like a cycle almost, mm-hmm. right? But... I liked what you said about, you know, going out and helping people, demonstrating value to increase your self-worth. And I don't know if we're going to be able to break this up into two things, like talk about worth and value separately. Like in my mind, they were one and the same. They are one and the same. Right? Um, So I don't know if I could even break it up. I don't think... What are you typing? What are you doing? I'm looking something up that I want to talk about that's directly... It's actually, um, have you heard of logotherapy? Logotherapy? L-O-G-O therapy, yeah. I mean, you would think I would have, but no. So I just <laughs> mentioned Freud. Freud yeah. is the, the, so there was actually three, all from Venice, by, or sorry, not Venice, uh, uh, they're from Austria. Um, what's the city in Austria? Hungary? No, it begins with a Vienna. Venice? Vienna. 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 So they're all from Vienna and Austria. You see why I got it mixed up with Venice. So these three, one was uh, Sigmund Freud, and he's very famous. Uh, He believed that everything was based on, like the first person you fall in love with as a boy is your mom, um, and it's the psychosexual stages and all this. But logotherapy was developed by a guy called Viktor Frankl. So heard of that name? Yeah. So Viktor Frankl concept based on the premise that the primary motivation of an individual is to find the meaning in life meaning worth value those are all interchangeable in this right Mm -hmm. so he basically he opined and did a bunch of research and and gave all these um uh different theories that if you're not seeking out worth if you're not looking to be um meaningful you're going to you're going to be miserable mm-hmm. and that your self-worth is derived from giving value to others so i just thought of it there i remembered that that was yeah. his school of thought um i mean we could even loop in i think you just said it which is good like meaning yeah right like worth meaning value like they all actually kind of go together so here's here's here it says uh, actually says logotherapy in a nutshell so let me read this Logotherapy is a school of psychology and philosophy based on the idea that we're strongly motivated to live purposefully and meaningfully and that we find meaning in life as a result of responding authentically and humanely to life's challenges. A major cause of depression is self-absorption. By drawing on a person's strengths, the tools and techniques of logotherapy help bring about a profound shift in awareness from a victim mentality to an optimistic attitude. So everything you just talked about 
where you can keep looking backwards and feel like a victim mm-hmm. or you can look forward in what you can do or you can draw a line in the sand and say from here on out I'm going to change is this philosophy um, so he's got a book called Man's Search for Meaning and I've read it and I'd completely forgotten about it until this moment um, <laughs> and I think you'd enjoy it I think it's really psychologically is it in your audible? no but I can add it um, but yeah there you go Logotherapy Logo That's exactly therapy. what we're talking about today. Logo therapy. Victor Frankel. I'm going to look up logo therapy. You do that. Um, but this guy's brilliant. I mean, essentially he's saying, look, life has meaning. All life has mm-hmm. meaning. And everybody can make their life have meaning if they feel like it doesn't have meaning type thing. So, yeah. Very, uh, look at us getting all philosophical. <laughs> Just waxing philosophical. There you go. But, but I agree. I don't necessarily think we have to break out value and worth. I think it's just important to know that there's a difference. And like, like I said, at least my for regard to this conversation, because I think there are different types of worth even. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, I think um, we, we went the route of self-worth, so the intrinsic nature mm-hmm. of worth um, versus the extrinsic nature of value. Mm-hmm. But, so. you know, I... I don't know why, but I feel like we should wrap it up here. All right, we can do that. I just Before feel like I'm like this is like a good spot to stop. Can you tell everybody what you want them to do? Yeah, I can tell you what I want you to do. The last time I asked you this, she asked them to give you a million dollars. I know. I want two million now. <laughs> <laughs> now I want you to go and please rate and review us. And if you have a friend who's not listened to us before. Uh, I'd just say, hey, sure, maybe share a podcast or two with them. Jake was pleasantly surprised when he listened. <laughs> maybe your friend will be too. Yeah, it seems like he was. So, you know what? I mean, sometimes we have some good stuff to say every once in a while. And it might not be for the full hour, but it might just be for five minutes. Yeah. Other so, times we might wax lyrical about a psychologist from Freud Vienna. and, yeah. <laughs> Logotherapy and jeez, <laughs> oh, but okay. Well, appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate the likes, reviews, shares, smiley face emojis that you send to our Instagram. We do get some of those. I know that's what I'm saying. The, the little <laughs> mi- mini clappy hands, uh, yep. all of those types of things. They're yep. fun. All they right. help our sense of self worth by letting us know that you feel that we have demonstrated value to you. Yes. Look at you being all sweet. I don't know who this guy sitting across from me is right now. <laughs> go to hell. <laughs> there we go. We're back to normal. <laughs> all right. And until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom.